This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hi, I'm Hanif Baharuddin and this is Gigi Well Played, the show that talks about all things video games. This week, we're going to be talking to Adam Faiz, or more commonly known as Partanker. He's a streamer on Facebook and he's going to help us understand the local streaming scene. But before that, here's a recap of some of the biggest news in the world of gaming with Ali Johan and of Neil Ting. Thank you, Hanif. Here's a bit of a recap from the news last week. First up, Warner Brothers has successfully patented the Nemesis system found in the game Middle-Earth Shadow of Mordor and its sequel Middle-Earth Shadow of War. And according to reports, this has been in the works since 2016 and finally the application had been granted coming into effect at the end of February with an option to maintain it for about 15 years. And the Nemesis system is an interesting and slightly complex one. Uh, to put it simply, it's a system that allows you to face enemies that are randomly generated with their own names, appearances, play styles and set of stories. Uh, as you encounter these enemies multiple times, you develop a relationship with them uh, that progresses and develops. Ooh, sounds like... Like big AI movements yeah. right here, right? Warner Bros. have now gone ahead and patented it, silly the deal to secure their rights to the game system that's been highly popular. However, the reaction to the patent move has been mostly negative. A lot of individual developers have come out to say that this move will most likely stifle creativity and innovation, especially since innovation is always inspired by the work of others. Yeah. Uh, some have also mentioned that it's a bit of a weird move for Warner Bros. to do this, considering that both Shadow of Mordor and Shadow of War have also borrowed heavily from other games, especially Batman's Arkham series. According to one developer, the pattern was felt to be so broad that any attempts to even follow it slightly will be very risky. Yeah, sounds like big company doing broad blanket ban kind of big company yeah. things, right? And I think this is not the first time uh, a big corporation has done this. Uh, Canadian game developers BioWare patented Mass Effect's dialogue wheel. They have been using it in a couple of their, their games. And also Sega... Uh, patented the Crazy Taxi Compass Arrow as Classic well. game. Yeah. So, um, will we see this system again in the future? Warner Bros. games, you know, yet, yet to be known, a sequel of Shadow of War, maybe? We will see. Um, uh, regardless, this whole patenting exercise is not really cool. Alright, uh, moving on to next news item, CD Projekt Red seems to not be able to catch a break, these guys. Uh, first, the Cyberpunk 2077 problem has not even ended yet. Uh, they were busy dealing with that. Uh, now they have become victims of another targeted cyber attack that compromised their internal systems. And this is a, a, according to a statement released on their Twitter account. Last week, there's been an unidentified perpetrator that's collected certain data belonging to the company and even left a ransom note threatening to release the data to the public unless their demand is met. This is classic <laughs> <laughs> ransom kidnapping story almost. Uh, CD Projekt Red said that they will not give in to the demand and has even made the ransom note public. Sounds like a side mission in one of these games. <laughs> in fact, we have a snippet of the ransom note handy right here. It reads... Hello CD Projekt Red, you have been epically pawned. We have copied the full version of the source codes from your servers for Cyberpunk 2077, Witcher 3, Gwent and the unreleased version of The Witcher 3. We have also copied all of your documents relating to accounting, administration, legal, HR, investor relations and more. Wow. Uh, the statement then continues, if we will not come to an agreement, then your source codes will be sold or leaked 
online and your documents will be sent to our contacts in gaming journalism. You have 48 hours to contact us. Wow, Whoa, crazy stuff. That's crazy. Uh, but I think CD Project Red has stood their ground and reported the case to the authorities. But unfortunately, a couple of days later, there were already reports of these codes being sold on the dark web. Uh, according to dark web monitoring organisation Kila, a uh, satisfying offer was made and now the codes are already sold. Uh, also confirmed by cybersecurity account VX Underground, uh, they confirmed the sale with apparently the codes being sold in a single package to an unknown buyer for the reported price of about 7 million USD. Wow. Yeah. Uh, some have speculated that this was probably done by disgruntled gamers. But according to multiple security experts, this ransomware attack allegedly came from a group called, wait for it, Hello Kitty. <laughs> Uh, based on the title and contents of the ransom note posted by CD Project Red. Well, we hope that this will not severely affect whatever they've been working on um, and the future of the company. Yeah. So from one troubled developer to another publisher that's pretty notorious, EA, Electronic Arts, they are apparently in the midst of deciding whether to continue improving and develop Anthem. Uh, their poorly reviewed multiplayer game that was released in 2019. And according to a report by Bloomberg, developers BioWare have put together a small team to overhaul the game. It seems to be going in the right, right direction right now. When their executive producer, Christian Daly, outlined the big changes that they've had in mind. But the fate of the project has now been put in limbo as Christian Daly himself left the Anthem team as part of a management shakeup last December. Yep, EA executives were supposed to review the latest version of Anthem next and decide whether to keep supporting the project via team expansion or to abandon the project. Uh, based on what they are working on, an inside source said that the project requires at least triple the manpower to continue. A spokesperson for EA has declined to comment, so let's wait and see whether this is true. And up next, Nintendo Switch is notorious for its Joy-Con drift problem. For those out there who are not familiar, Joy-Con drift is a problem where the analog stick was still registered input even though the controller is not being touched. Big problem for games, obviously. Yep. Uh, it's something that's bugged the console for quite a while and now it seems to be affecting the PS5 DualSense too. Oh no, uh, the case seems to still be a bit scarce but uh, that does not stop a US law firm that has already filed a class action lawsuit against Nintendo to start investigating on this issue. Chemical Schwartz, Kreiner and Donaldson Smith LLP has set up a questionnaire page asking PS5 owners for their feedback on the matter. We are not sure how widespread this issue is but uh, the law firm is planning to find that out before embarking on any formal legal proceedings. You know, I read up on this uh, law firm and they've been quite successful in these kinds of lawsuits so they've always won their cases so hmm. it remains to be seen if uh, this, uh, this suit will be successful for them as well. Now, moving on to some announcements, the next instalment in the Ratchet & Clank series, uh, Ratchet & Clank's Rift Apart, has a release date now. We're back! Ratchet? Who? The PS5 exclusive will now be officially released on 11th of June 2021 and is also open for pre-orders. Hmm. 
Also, up next, fans of the uh, Kingdom Hearts franchise, brace yourselves. The franchise is now finally making its way to PC via Epic Games Store. According to Square Enix, the games uh, will be available exclusively on Epic Games Store on the 30th of March 2021. Gotta mark that down in your calendars. Uh, This includes Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 Remix Editions, Kingdom Hearts 3, and Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory. The series is typically associated with Sony's platform during its early years, but it has expanded to mobile and Nintendo's platform for the spin-offs. And Kingdom Hearts 3 will also be released on Xbox. And now you can also play the series on your PC beginning March. Nice. Lastly, crossing over slightly to the TV and pop culture realm, The Last of Us TV adaptation for HBO uh, announced last year has solidified its casting choice for the main characters. Pedro Pascal, known for his role in The Mandalorian, Game of Thrones and Narcos. Of course, Narcos. That guy will play Joel and Bella Ramsey, who played Liana Mormont in Game of Thrones, will now uh, will be playing the character Ellie in The Last of Us on TV. Yeah, the TV series will be uh, based on the first game and is being led by Chernobyl creator Craig Mazin and the game's director and Naughty Dog co-president Neil Druckmann. The both of them uh, co-wrote this game. Uh, I have seen the playthrough for The Last of Us. I've been following it. I think people uh, around me play it. So I sit down with them and when they play it. Um, for me, it will be so good as a TV show. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know about the gaming aspect of it because I didn't play it, but it sounds like one of those um, storylines that was that's so solid that it would make a great drama. And I don't think games that are adapted to movies work that well, you know. Yeah, I, the first game that adapted the movie that I can think of is Assassin's Creed. And I remember watching it on Netflix and it was just terrible. Yeah, so. Tomb Raider. Uh, Tomb Raider is pretty bad as well. Right? Uh, even and with Angelina Jolie, yeah, she didn't Prince help. Prince of Persia was pretty <laughs> terrible, you know. These are the old <laughs> games that we're talking about. We don't yeah. know about, about newer games uh, adapted to TV or, or, or the, the big screen. But The Last of Us... Lots of hype to live up to. Yep, yep. I'm looking forward to that. And that's all we have for this week's recap. Back to you, Hanif. Video game streams are a big part of the gaming scene and they have helped liven the industry up. Streaming site Twitch has contributed massively to the scene globally, but is that the case here in the country? To help us understand what the streaming scene is like here in Malaysia, we speak to Adam Faiz, or more commonly known as Spartanker. He plays Mobile Legends Bang Bang and streams regularly on Facebook. Assalamualaikum, uh, my name is Adam Faiz, uh, also known as Spartanker. I used to be a sound engineer because I studied Diploma in Music in uh, UPSI, which is uh, University of Pendidikan Sultan Idris. And then I went to do my internship as a sound engineer, which then I uh, started to uh, do my live streams, which is gaming. So how did you, how did you, I guess, make that transition from becoming a sound engineer to a full-time streamer? Well, it's hard to say that I transitioned at that time because actually I was just playing games and my first thought was, hey, why don't I just stream my games and share it online so that people can, you know, watch and experience what I'm playing online. And I have no no intention to transition per se. But then again, after quite a while, some people approached me to do branded deals to become my manager and that's the point where I officially transition into a live streamer, a professional live streamer, where I start to gain money. Probably more money than at my previous job. <laughs> wow, that's good. Okay, uh, but prior to that, what kind of games do you actually play? And do you actually watch people stream online? 
I don't watch people stream online. Um, the games that I play is before that earlier on was um, World of Warships, Overwatch, mostly PC games that I love. But after a while streaming on Facebook, I realized that people enjoy more watching mobile games. So I had to adapt and I enjoyed transitioning to mobile games afterwards. Mm, okay, so uh, I think the reason why I wanted to talk to you is because I think I, I realized that you seem to be pretty knowledgeable when it comes to the streaming scene here in Malaysia. Right? I, I think based on what you said earlier just now about mm-hmm. how you recognize that, I guess, mobile scene is pretty popular mm-hmm. and, and you transition because of that uh, in Malaysia, especially. Uh, it's kind of great. Uh, so so what I would like to know is that at least based on my more, quote unquote, anglicized mm-hmm. uh, upbringing and uh, I guess influences uh, I think when it comes to game streams people tend to associate it with Twitch right but I know for a fact that I think in Malaysia the situation is slightly different so perhaps Very. can you help paint a picture yeah, of the streaming scene here in the country like do we actually use Twitch or like kita ada platform lain ke apa ke um, no Honestly, there are very few, very small numbers of streamers who stream on Twitch in Malaysia. Uh, but the problem is, it depends on your market. Who's your target audiences now? For me, I target the local audiences, which is the mass majority, which is Malaysians. And Malaysians don't even know what Twitch is. Very few of them know what Twitch is, but not all of them. I can say it's about 0.5% Malaysian knows what Twitch is. So let me explain to you why this is the case and why people prefer to watch on Facebook compared to any other platforms as of now. So Malaysia, since 2010, all the telco companies, SIM card, semua company, they would always give us like free Facebook data. Perasan tak? Do you realize that? Yeah, I think so. It's always yeah. it's always Facebook data, free Facebook data all the time. There has never been free YouTube data or free Twitch data for that matter. So because of that, and the mass majority just wants to save their quota in their phones uh, of their mobile data. So they just want to use free stuffs, which leads them to only have Facebook available to them. So it's the only platform that doesn't eat up their quota and they are more or less forced. It's not forced now. It's mm. it's more like it's their, their only choice that doesn't hurt their wallet, that they don't have to top up again just to, you know, browse the internet. So because of that, the majority of Malaysians are on Facebook all the time, all the way until now, even though right now there's not only free Facebook data, there's also free YouTube data and other applications in uh, the telco services. That's interesting because I think, okay, you said that Twitch is not as popular in Malaysia, but I think there are also, I guess, streamers who are now using YouTube as Definitely. a platform, right? Definitely. Yeah, so, so but, but for some reason, I think people tend to stick to Facebook when it comes to, I, I guess, watching game streams. Not really. Dia macam ni. Facebook is a social media platform. So sometimes, even people who doesn't even intend or want to watch game streams, they suddenly come across and stumble upon a game stream. And they are like suddenly there's a game stream on my homepage. What is this? Okay, it's either they're going to leave immediately because they don't like it, or they're gonna start to learn. Okay, this is actually a gaming scene. Compared to YouTube, people actually go there and subscribe to a person, and then get uh, some sort of a notification on their phone that hey, uh, their favorite uh, streamer uh, is live right now, and they can go watch the streamer. They go there just to watch games. But Facebook is mixed up with many, many other things as well. So that's where it's different. 
So so I guess to a certain extent, the discovery of these game streams on Facebook can be accidental, right? It's not necessarily like, like unlike on YouTube or even Twitch. Uh, people who go to Twitch go to Twitch for a specific purpose. They want to see, mm-hmm. you know, video game streams, right? And mm-hmm. even on YouTube, you need to subscribe to, or you need to look for it, or you need to, to subscribe to certain YouTubers to be able to, I guess, discover or look for these game streams, right? Whereas... Whereas for Facebook, they might not be necessarily gamers, tapi bila when they scroll up, suddenly they found this one video of you know somebody streaming yes. uh, Mobile Legend couple, they decided to like, like, okay, maybe I want to know more about this. Based on your observation, do you think that this discovery of, um, or rather the interest towards watching streams, uh, game streams on Facebook uh, is more accidental or macam mana? It's more accidental than it is intentional i would say because like like what you said which i agree so much that on youtube people have to make effort to explore and find out who you are but on facebook it might just be your sister who shared on their facebook page and then it comes across your uh, facebook homepage, and then you found it by accident and then oh okay gaming streams is a thing in malaysia so yes i would say It's almost accidental because I don't think Malaysians are all suddenly educated or, you know, knowledgeable about, okay, there are game streamers out there. And, you know, I would say this, the mass majority in Malaysia, they don't have PC, they don't have laptop, okay? They only have their phones. And mostly people here, they will not or never ever hear about Twitch or YouTube game streams until they suddenly stumble upon in Facebook accidentally. Mm-hmm. And that's precisely my ne- next question. So mm-hmm. uh, technically, people who I guess started watching streams might, might not necessarily be gamers themselves, like and uh, I mean they might have an interest, but I guess upon discovering these game streams, they decided to maybe I guess perhaps try out uh, these games, right? Yeah. Do you think that this is also the reason why uh, mobile games are more popular here in Malaysia compared to PC games or even console games? Um, yes, definitely. Uh, again. Not everyone have access to PC or laptop, or in that case, Wi-Fi or internet. Though. And most people who just play games on their phones, it's because they they only have a mobile phone to begin with. That's the only smart device that they own. I'm talking about the mass majority here, like outside of KL, like um, maybe in Kedah, in Sabah, in Sarawak even, or in Kelantan, all over Malaysia. Most people only have access to a smart device which is a smartphone sahaja and because of that sometimes they all gather to mama to kedai makan tepi jalan yang provide wifi just so that they can play games together so I would say limitations or accessibility towards devices affects a lot it dictates their decisions and uh, you know their wants and needs in terms of what games can I play what games do I play hmm Okay, apart from that, there are also, uh, unfortunately, as with a lot of things in a country like Malaysia, uh-huh. uh, the demographic is also divided based on, I guess, language, right, to a certain extent, and accessibility. I guess accessibility is a big theme here because I think you can see a lot of, like, uh, differences in terms of the kind of content that is consumed by the markets, right? Yeah. Uh, so, so um, the kind of demographic that perhaps watch these streams, like, can, can you perhaps paint a picture of who they are? Um, mostly it's between the age of, I would say, 13, all the way to 30. That's the majority of it. 13 to 30 or 13 to 28. And it doesn't matter what race, everyone plays the game. I, I think like, for example, for you, even like choosing the language in which you stream in is also, I think, part of the uh, decision making oh. process as well, right? To a certain extent. 
Um, uh, yeah, definitely. Um, well, I used to I used to start streaming in English dulu. My first stream was actually in English. But then people started to complain like, uh, you know, you're living in this country, wanna, might want to speak this language and all that. So there are definitely barriers for them to understand other languages than, than like, let's say Malay. Because I now stream in full Malay because we sort of have to accommodate to people, you know. They're the viewers, they're the watchers. And since they are watching us and we're not forcing them to understand a certain language, then we have to adapt to them if we want to make them, you know, feel happy with with what they're watching, feel comfortable with what they're watching, then we have to adapt to them. So, yes, there are certain languages that if you want to go for the local market, you might want to consider streaming in uh, Malay. But if you are targeting uh, different audiences, maybe from overseas as well, go for English. Straightforward. Mm. Do you think that the English scene has has a market here in Malaysia? Uh, but... Of course, it's not a, a bigger scale of things. Usually, my friend, Baxed, B-E-X-E-D, he streams in both languages at the same time. Um, almost like how we're speaking right now, how you and I are speaking right now. So, he is the only person who managed to pull it off with both languages. And his community is a very super healthy community. Even though he's English, sometimes he just plays around uh, with languages, with words that uh, he's just, you know, using broken English, like, oh, my English punya style. But that's the entertainment value in it. And at the same time, he's also educating people to understand English and speak English more. So sometimes in order for people to comment on his page, on his stream, people have to comment in English, <laughs> which is fun, which is fun. That was Adam Faiz or Spartanker, a streamer on Facebook, giving us an overview of the local streaming scene here in the country. Let's go for a short break. Stay tuned. This is Gigi Wellpaid on BFM 89.9. FM 89.9, you're listening to Gigi Well Played. I'm your host, Hanif Baharudin. Joining me on the show this week is Adam Faiz, or more commonly known in the virtual world as Spartanker. He streams Mobile Legends Bang Bang to around 137,000 followers on his Facebook page and has been doing this full-time for a couple of years. We're going to now continue the conversation by understanding the reason why people watch game streams here in the country and whether they prioritize the games or the personalities. So usually people start watching anyone because of the game, but they will stay or not, that depends on the personality. So this is where personality comes in play. Um, this is how you build your name, you build your branding. So if people like this specific kind of personality, they will stay. And you, you can be whoever you want, you can be uh, whatever version that you want, but it all depends on who likes that type of guy. You know, I would always tell everyone who wants to start streaming, the best thing for you to do is not to be yourself. That's wrong though. You can't be yourself, but you have to be the best version of yourself online and hope that the mass majority can accept and like adore you for that kind of personality. And eventually people will stay because of you instead of the game. Mm. So so there is a need to also to put on a personality like and you have to oh, somehow definitely. put on a character for lack of a better term right 
not to an extent sampai kena berlakon <laughs> but but you have to be able to be at least entertaining or at least something that people can you know latch on to it doesn't have to be like specifically entertaining uh, uh, like you're making jokes every time but sometimes just for me for instance i am born in penang and raised in kedah of course sometimes uh, or most of the time i would speak in kedah punya lorat so when i speak in kedah punya lorat and uh, Maybe most of the Malaysian people, they love to hear Kedahan punya lorat because it's funny to them. I don't know how it's funny, but somehow people stick because of that as well. So, yeah. I, I think maybe it's because it adds more colour lah. Malaysians are very diverse, kan? So, to a certain extent, we appreciate when people show their, I guess, their roots to a certain extent. Maybe, betul. I don't know, I'm just projecting je lah. Betul, but betul. I, I think maybe there is a bit of that as well, kan? It's true, definitely, yeah. Mm. What about skills? Like, is it important to be good at these games? Like, for example, if you have a good personality, but your yeah, game style, macam biasa biasa aja, like, can can you survive? Like, will people actually care about those things? Um. Okay. So here comes the next big factor of you streaming. You got. Are you a pro player or are you an entertainer? You have to be able to, uh, you know, differentiate yourself. You want to go towards the pro scene or the entertainment scene. Because me, I am more towards, leaning more towards entertainment. So because of that, I focus more on entertaining people. And my skills are maybe up to par. But to say that skills are not important juga is wrong. Because it's proven from time to time that professional players in tournaments who most of the time who wins the tournament number one in the entire country, people will start to follow that person's stream because he's good. I want to I wanna watch his streams. I want to watch how he plays, how he press the skills, how he talks, how he thinks. So if you have the best of both, you're very good in playing, you're pro at the game, and at the same time, you are super entertaining, You are all the way up there. You are already next level. But most of the time, kan, it's almost impossible to be both at the same time. Mm. Yeah, so um, going back to, I guess, people's interest in, in uh, watching game streams, right? Yeah. Uh, how, how, how big is the scene here? Uh, is it still growing? I'll be honest with you. The streaming scene and gaming in Malaysia is still at its infancy stage. It's just started and it still is immature. There is still a lot of flaws that can be fixed, a lot of things that can be done better. But it's a good start. You know, you can start running through. You have to start slow. So in Malaysia, the gaming scene is going up. I think is because of the streaming scene is going up. So you have to think of it like this. The sports, like the the normal sports, yeah, macam main bola ke apa ke, without TV, people might not know what football is. And people might even, you know, not take more interest in the sport because they can't see what's going on. Zaman dulu-dulu TV tak ada. Dulu ada radio sahaja and people are just listening from the commentator punya voice commentating through radio to know what's going on in football or, or in a boxing match. So think of streaming as the accessibility to TV. And people can watch the sports, the e-sports in this matter, in the stream digitally on any platform, on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitch or anywhere. So because of the streaming scene, you got because I'm a streamer, let's say, and I play a specific game, 
I am also spreading actively and passively awareness about the existence of gaming scene. And because of this, gaming scene is going up because people would love to try the game what I'm playing just now. They, they saw me playing this specific game and they want to give it a try. And someday they just get very good at it and they transition into esports immediately. So that is how I believe both of them are working you know you know and um it really correlates to each other a lot streaming and gaming on how the scene is growing together yeah uh, but that also uh is kind of interesting because i think mm-hmm. you you were focusing a lot on on esports right so esports is its own category i i would like to think that esports is its own category uh, and the kind of games that are being played on the esports category is also markedly different from the kind of games that i think we we sometimes play ourselves the single player games and even games like you know among us and things like that which kind of like gained in popularity last mm-hmm. year mm-hmm. due to the pandemic so based on your observation even if the trend is rising, are we heading towards more of people playing a lot more competitive type of games? Your PUBG Mobile, your Mobile Legends, uh, or people are also now, because of, I guess, the popularity of the kind of games being played, also uh, thinking or uh, looking towards story-driven games or even games like Among Us, which may not necessarily be, I guess, competitive mm-hmm. by nature, but it still has that multiplayer element and can still be played on mobile phones, right? Um, I would say that people watching other other streamers or watching streamers in general playing a specific game it does like affect them like to make them to either play the game or to just watch the stream more contohnya kalau if the streamer is playing a story based uh, punya game and then if the streamer actually finished the game and they watched everything where's the fun in them playing again But some people do actually play the game again just to experience it themselves pun ada juga. But it really depends on the type of games that they're playing. Not all games are, how do I say this, contagious. You know what I mean? Macam kalau game Mobile Legends, PUBG Mobile tu, every time you go into a new game, it starts from zero. It starts from the beginning. And then when the game finishes after 15 minutes, you can start a new game. So same like Among Us juga, you know? So, but for uh, story games, I don't think it's going to have the contagious effect as much as other yeah. games. I guess you entered the scene because you know how it can benefit you, right? To a certain extent. So, yes. So, yeah. So, how how big are the investments made by stakeholders to drive the growth of the industry here? And I guess maybe you can give us uh, like a 360 view of the scene. Like, for example, uh, in becoming a streamer, like, macam, do they pump in a lot of money to grow the esports uh scene and the streaming scene here in, in the country okay I, I'll, i'll talk about mobile legends because it's what i know most so i would say that mobile legends already you know they, they make quite a lot of money because people are buying skins in the game because people just love the game just they just love the hero so they make money that way and then uh, they make tournaments so to say that the industry invests money in a certain area is is a bit of yes and no this is because the developer of the game make the tournament and they provide the prize pool money to the tournament but at the same time what the industry have to do now take the game because they want to, to make a, a tournament out of it so let's say organization x wants to organize a tournament for game mobile legends so x has to go out there and search for sponsors for the event And the sponsors, the sponsorship money that comes into the event, that is what's growing the industry economically. 
While the esports industry looks to only be focused on the competitive side of things, according to Adam, the industry is much bigger than that. Um, sebenarnya esports ni is much bigger than just streaming, gaming, and shoutcasting for that matter. By the way, for those who don't know, shoutcasting means I'm commentating over the game, like a football commentator. So let's say if I'm shoutcasting. What's behind me? What's in front of me? There are cameras. There are green screen behind me. What's happening in, in the next room? There are production teams. There are marshals for the tournaments. Marshals ni macam referee dekat tengah-tengah padang bola sepak. They are making sure that everyone is playing at their very best uh, situation. Let's say, if my team versus your team, Hanif, your team is lagging. You ask for marshal to pause. The marshal has to pause the game. Everyone has to pause. Berhenti main. And wait until the internet is fixed because kalau macam bola sepak in real life, uh, they don't really you know like pause the game. They more like they have to uh, fix an injury and stuff like that. But in esports here, they have to pause the game because of internet. Usually, a broken leg is internet rosa or something like that. You know, so there are marshals who gets paid to do work. Production teams. There are makeup artists. There are cameramen. Uh, there are runners who tolong beli makanan for the talents, for the MCs, for the shoutcasters, for the hosts. There's a lot of things going on in the background. So if people actually want to join esports but not don't want to play the game like professionally, but they just want to be in esports punya production team, pun boleh. There is a lot of companies out there. But is the industry uh, mature yet? Like for, for example, like is this like a perfect time for you to enter the the scene? Considering that technically it's still it's in infancy just now. Yeah, you said. Can? I think the perfect time to join the industry is always at its infancy phase. I don't think that you 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 have to join after the scene is matured. Because when when that happens, then there might not be space for you to join anymore because people already berebut to join. You know what I mean? So right now, yes, it is the best for you to hone your skills, to test out what you can do in the industry, how you can contribute to the uh, esports scene right now. Right now is the best time for you to try it out. Yeah. And I guess based on your observation and even like uh, based on, I guess, a general observation that a lot of people can make these days, I think people are gravitating towards that, right? I think there is a certain form of interest, uh, major interest towards uh, not only becoming a competitive gamer, but also uh, being a streamer, right? Uh, yeah. So maybe perhaps you can give a bit of a reality check to people out there who have these ambitions to work towards this. Like, for example, what are the things that they need to look out for? Senang mm-hmm. kena jadi streamer ni semuanya kan? Um, okay, um, let's start from zero. So if you don't have any PC, if you don't have any camera or microphone, etc., etc., you, you don't just immediately stop your job and buy a PC and it starts to me, no, please don't do that. I back off all of you. Please don't do that. First of all, just keep working. It's what you do every day. Let's say if it's an office day job, when you come back home, you stream every night, one hour or two hour, every night. Be consistent. Consistency is number one. You buy the the most important stuff first, like a PC, a mouse, a keyboard, a monitor, two monitors so that you can play games and then you can read comments. If your stream is actually transitioning into a money-making situation, then... Probably if it's a good time for you to stop your work and you're confident that your financial standing, your financial base is strong enough to catch you if you fall during stream is okay, then you can stop your work. You can start streaming full time. 
do not transition from your current work or from nothing or uh, nothing all the way into a full blown all time streaming unless if you have like a strong financial base maybe from parents uh, maybe from your old time saving uh, and then go ahead be my guest but please remember that streaming is also not for everyone unfortunately because it has a lot of challenges in terms of mentality challenges juga because we are dealing ourselves online we are an online persona which also means that people have access to you everywhere your life will be an open diary you have to be careful of what you say all the time you have to remember as an influencer you have to educate people to be better to be more loving to be more compassionate no more hate and stuff like that you know you can't like um influence people to hate stuff or you know for negativity because that will reflect a lot about yourself and then the industry will go against you pretty quickly this is because it's online again it's accessible by anyone anyone can record what you do anyone can do anything to you so you have to be careful with that it's not for everyone it's not for the weak hearted one interesting aspect that i'm curious to know is that mm-hmm. yes the industry might still be in its infancy but as is it's pretty saturated now right i think a lot of people there are a lot of streamers out there every day so how how do you compete uh, and differentiate yourself uh, from others i think this is where your personal self comes in because i would say let's say if you and i we, we both play the same games but the way we speak the way we the way our eyeballs roll around the way we smile everything is different already right there so i think to me honestly that itself is enough is more than enough to differentiate yourself from others that itself is pretty saturated but then again you have to be the best version of yourself the best version of yourself because because if you were to ask me if i were to be myself then myself would be pretty rude <laughs> you know what i mean so yeah online i have to be less rude <laughs> okay all right uh elitism is not something that's foreign in the gaming scene uh, from console fanboys to pc master race versus console peasant and uh-huh. other forms of elitism uh do we have this form of uh, elitism here in the country uh, especially uh based on you know what you're doing now you're focusing mostly on mobile do you have people coming up to you and say oh mobile uh, gamers are not real gamers or things like that um i like to think there but sebenarnya tak ada there are no comments or anyone who said things like that i think people actually understand here that gaming is gaming hmm. good question actually <laughs> in my case uh i've heard of that unfortunately and I've, apparently ah. i've also heard things like oh people say oh kalau if you you don't play mobile games you're not a real gamer either so so it goes <laughs> both ways surprisingly you know what i mean <laughs> no okay this is when you have to be able to you know um start to think that okay maybe i should stop listening to what people are saying because online people can say anything they want <laughs> yeah exactly yeah and it goes it goes back to the question of accessibility again right i think mm. one thing that I, at least for me i personally like about the 
gaming scene now is that at least it's more accessible. So regardless of whether you're playing on a PC or on a console or yeah. on a mobile, at least gaming as a form of hobby, as a form of industry is is now more accessible to a lot more people compared to before where you could argue that the barrier to entry is much higher. Like not everyone can afford a PC, not everyone can afford a console. So when it comes to gaming, kalau dulu, if you have money, then only you can, I guess, indulge in gaming, right? But now at least everyone can enter and, and be part of the community and other industry because the barrier to entry is now technically lower, right? Yes, betul. Um, it's like this. A phone costs about maybe, let's say, Poco phone, I think. It costs about six, seven hundred ringgit right now. So with six hundred ringgit, you can play games. And I would like to say this. Phone right now, smartphone is a necessity, especially during this pandemic. People actually need their phone to go to classes for high school, for colleges, for universities. Can they have to use their phone to join classes if they don't have a laptop? It becomes a necessity. Maksudnya, I would say 95% of the population in Malaysia already have a smartphone starting from maybe 12 years old, you know? So because of that, because of the necessity of them having a smartphone all the time, It also means they have access to the game, Mobile Legends or PUBG Mobile or any phone mobile games all the time. They have access to it. It's inside their pocket every day, every night. That's why it's 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 getting much more exposure than any other PC games out there. Adam also said that the Malaysian viewers are also quite particular about the kind of games streamers play and whether these games are familiar to them. The Malaysian punya audiences, kan? Um, just for those who want suicide streaming out there, People somehow prefer to watch games that they know. They don't really like to watch games that they don't know yet. This is probably because of familiarity and their comfort zone. So um, compared to in the West, if people don't have the game, they don't have access to the game. That's why they want to watch because they don't know what game it is and they want to find out what game it is. That's why they want to watch the streams of different kind of games. But in Malaysia, unfortunately right now, Like I said again, still in its infancy, people still prefer to watch the games that they can relate to, the ones that they understand. They will leave the things that they don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's a good that's a good uh, observation because I think you're right. Like I would personally want to watch games that I'm not familiar with to know mm-hmm. more about it, and and then mm-hmm. that's where I decide whether I want to continue indulging or not. Right. Whereas, oh, it's interesting that for Malaysians they prefer to watch. Things that they they I guess are familiar with, but 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 that is also another thing, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Do Malaysians watch like multiple streamers of the same game? Like, do they watch like for example you and other people when it comes to Mobile Legends, or do they stick to one personality? Um, because of the mentality of I only watch the games that I know, so they are left with you know many many streamers who plays the same game and i would say that yes people do watch multiple streamers most of the time because it doesn't mean if um let's say if both of us are streaming okay and we are streaming the same game but we don't necessarily streaming at the same time so if i'm done streaming if i'm tired i need to go and sleep or rest or eat and then that's when they jump to another streamer to watch at the same time but there are viewers who goes to the extent of you know they have like multiple monitors for their pc and they're watching three streamers at the same time and they're commenting at three different streams at the same time there are people like that trust me 
Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I think we've spoken at length uh, regarding this. Uh, maybe you can uh, just as a summary, like what can what can you perhaps advise uh, people out there who who I guess are curious about the scene uh, in terms of maybe what can they do to get to know I guess more local Malaysian streamers and also if they were like considering streaming, what are the things? Uh, I mean, you've I know you've already given some advice, some of your pointers just now, but like mm-hmm. what are, what are some other things that they can be mindful of? If they're thinking about doing this, especially for the younger listeners out there that that are already thinking about streaming as as a viable career for their future, okay. First of all, your let's say if you want to stream on Facebook, okay, I'll just use Facebook as an example. You can you can take it into the kind of let's say YouTube channel or whatnot. So you have to treat your page like a TV channel. You have to understand how do TV make money? How do radio make money? They make through advertisement so true ads they make money so how do you get ads you have to go out there or you have to email many many companies out there to ask if they'd like to collaborate if they'd like to do some partnership they'd like to do some campaigns for their product we have to wear properly wear formally and meet them face to face if there's no pkp yeah guys that and then tell them uh, how can you sell their product and whatnot And then if they agree, they might provide you the product. They might provide you with some videos or photos that you might have to or you might want to play or show during the stream. It all depends on your contract with the specific company that you're engaging with. So that's how you make money. It's contractual basis most of the time and you get paid at the end of the contract or if the contract says that you're getting paid monthly, then you get money monthly. So that's how stream works that's the beauty of streaming because right now let's be honest no one watches tv anymore except for maybe more ayah at home pagi-pagi they turn on the mengaji al-quran and whatnot but they don't really watch tvs anymore so the ads the advertisements on tv might be becoming more irrelevant throughout the years so because of this you have to make good use of your page as a tv channel your own channel which is your page's name so if you can understand that basic mentality of my page is my tv and then inshallah you should be able to go out there and start to tell companies out there that you are prepared to you know do sponsorship with you guys so you have to be able to email companies you have to be able to speak communication skills have to be up there your business skills have to be up there as well there is a lot of stress yes but i think it's worth it if you really love gaming because eventually your job is just sitting at home and playing games and at the same time my number one advice to everyone is please be consistent even if you have to like uh, only stream once a week because you don't have time maybe you need time for family you need time for your work it's fine Just make a schedule. Let everyone know that you are streaming every, let's say, every Monday, every first Monday of the month at 3 p.m. So please don't stop doing it. Just be as consistent as you can because it will be fruitful. Inshallah, it will. Uh, the best way is to stream daily, of course, at a specific time. Then people can always come back in and tune into your uh, stream and treat it as an actual TV channel because at a specific time there's a drama coming up so your channel might be a drama for them as well you know what I mean so so yeah that's the number one advice I have to give consistency 
Thank you very much Adam Faiz or Spa Tanker for sharing his thoughts and knowledge on the streaming scene here in the country. If you'd like to follow Spa Tanker and watch his streams, you can look for Spa Tanker on Facebook and Adam Faiz Insta on Instagram. If you'd like to listen to this episode again, you can find the podcast on bfm.my, our app available on the Apple App Store or Google Play and also Spotify. Do share your thoughts about the show or the games that you play via our email ggwp at bfm.my. Don't forget to also follow the station on Twitter at BFM Radio. My name is Hanif Baharuddin. Thanks for joining us. Game on. Till next time, GG Well Played. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.